Welcome back to another episode with Wellness with Mo. Hi, my name is Mo, and this week's episode we have uh, an amazing uh, coach. Her name is uh, Ines Albert, and uh, she's a uh, uh, she's a coach that uh, really uh, helps uh, organizations and teams to uh, basically, from my understanding, is to understand uh, each other better and uh, to minimize. Uh, uh, difficulties between individuals. So hi, Ines, how are you? I'm fine, and thanks for having me, Mo. I'm very happy to be here, and thank you for the introduction. Yeah, yeah. Could you, could you I mean, of course, uh, my introduction is really uh, uh, small and poor, but could you, uh, uh, I mean, um, share with us your, your story and uh, how things are going? Mm-hmm, sure. Yeah, uh, my story, um, I am, I have worked for almost three decades uh, in corporate and um, anybody that has worked in corporate knows what that means, um, what are the things that you're dealing with and um, on an interpersonal level. And there's one thing that I um, kind of learned about 15 years ago, I had that kind of a re- realization that everything uh, depends on how people uh, work together. Sometimes it's not um, it's not so obvious, but we um, all have good products these days. We all have good services, but it's about how people come together that defines how organizations succeed and sustainably succeed. And um, also there's a lot of pain in this, uh, in people's inability to actually stand that that aspect. Um, we are all in relationship, first of all, relationship with ourselves, but then relationship with others, uh, be it one person, be it a small team, or be it an entire organization. And there comes a lot of challenges that um, that we naturally sometimes don't see the solution to. And as a coach, I made it my 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 mission to help um relationships in that sense great that's that's really amazing and and uh no uh what uh, what you're saying is really important because in actual fact uh from my point uh, i also try and uh, advocate for uh uh, employees because like you i also worked in the corporate for a very long time and i do understand the the uh, ins and outs of corporate uh, world and how it must be difficult uh, here in Egypt is no different than in Germany or in Dubai. It's still, you know, capital, uh, capitalistically run by, by, by top management. Um, and, you know, ever since the COVID that uh, finished and, uh, and we're in the post-COVID era, uh, I thought, I was a bit naive, but I thought that uh, companies uh, and corporates all over the world would... Uh, uh, start to uh, understand uh, the mental health aspects of their employees because I, I, what are you saying also means that employees need to be mentally uh, well able to uh, operate efficiently, effectively. Because at the end of the day, you know, uh, if the employee is not happy uh, in terms of uh, uh, healthy and physically healthy, he will never, you know, he will never produce and never be effective. Uh, Many many companies in, in in Egypt here still fail to realize it's easier for them to lay off a thousand people and get two thousand people with half the price. No, <laughs> of the thousand people, it's m- so simple because uh, <clears throat> uh, we have a big population here in Egypt, and uh, of course, with 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 big population comes big unemployment rate and you know inflation and so on. What I want to ask you also, um, your story, definitely some, uh, something happened in your past that you took yourself on this journey. So, so if you don't mind, uh, kindly share why, why you started to go on to that area. Because for me, I mean, I, I, I suffered a lot mentally. And uh, I, I, start, I, I said I, I need to help people who, who need help, like, no one helped me, so 
So that's basically how I start my journey. Oh, and you catch me off guard with this, but I'm happy to share it because indeed I have um, two of these turning points actually I can think of. And the first one was um towards the end of my first career when I was working still in the hospitality industry um we were very successful at the time as a business and um, then we had a change in a team and somebody joined that kind of um yeah had a different mindset and kind of was um intersecting a very well-functioning team at the time and kind of impacting it, breaking it within a very short period of time. And the company at the time was not really very skillful. My boss neither, to be uh, truth to be said, to actually see that and take the, the right steps. I did nothing about coaching or, or knew nothing about coaching at that time really or what to do and how to do it i was just at the receiving end in the center of a conflict and um and it broke my spirit at the time actually what i see to be a success factor was was really working well before broke in a very short period of time just purely out of unskillfulness of an organization to listen and to provide the right kind of um, of support because, um, yeah, truly I did not know how to handle it at the time. So long story short, I ended up um, changing my career. Um, not saying that was the only reason that I did that, but it, it kind of um, shifted something in my mind. And it's a shame because... I loved my job. I loved the industry. Um, I had a great first 15 years of my professional life with a lot of success. And um, maybe if that was a different approach at the time, I would still be there and in the same business and in the same industry. Yeah. By the way, one of the industries that's suffering a lot right now is hospitality. Um, not many people want to work there, want to have careers there um, for several reasons. And uh, I think um, the way the human side is addressed is uh, a success factor here. Yes, yes, uh, <coughs> I, I really can uh, relate to your, I mean, to your story. Um, but you know, you know, I, I always believe. That uh, our journeys uh, are are impacted by our our decisions. Uh, they might be not correct sometimes, but in hindsight, when we look at it, I I think if I go back, I don't know three years, four years, I would still take the same steps. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's it's a it's a driving force for for me. Maybe it's a driving force for you, but it's uh, it's it's really important because you know. I th I think coming out of a, a, an experience like yourself, uh, it teaches you a lot of things. You know, I always tell people uh, when I meet them because you know in in Egypt people view failure as something really awful, really bad, and and you should never, 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 never fail in your life. And 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 I, everyone I meet, I tell them you have to fail. Because if you don't fail, then you won't learn. And if you don't learn, then you'll not grow. And you'll be on a fixed mindset forever and ever and ever if it's easy for you to succeed. And and always, I tell them always, if you look at the people who are successful and you want to be like them, trust me, they didn't, they weren't, they weren't born successful. They were born uh, normal like us, but they worked hard and hard and hard, failed and failed and failed and succeeded. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you so much for your uh, story. Um, yeah, I, I just wanted, uh, you know, uh, uh, to ask you um, how how do you help and guide organization? I'm really interested in in in, in how you do that. Uh, do they, do they come up uh, and ask you for support, or uh, how how's the process you do? I, I'm really, because I don't think in Egypt we have that kind of uh, 
coaching uh, theory. I, mm-hmm. I do. I don't know. Uh, myself, I'm a mindfulness coach, so uh, so I'm more of a spiritual guy. <laughs> They come for the meditation. <laughs> But tell me, tell me, Annie, how 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 it goes from your side. Well, having said that, I consider myself very spiritual too. And okay. I actually bring this into my work, even in organizations. But obviously, that's not the first conversation to have because the corporate world still needs a long way before they put this on their flags as something to, they want to see in their organization. So it's, it's something that comes in later and more more in response to people's readiness, I would say. Um, But yeah, that's for that part. Um, To answer your question, um, how do I start working with a company? So often it is like that, um, that um, a company has, it could be a team um, or it could be an entire organization. I mean, I give you two examples. One is more a team in a bigger organization, okay. um, which could be as small as that. And the other one could be an, an organization that in a holistic sense. So either way, usually there is a pain. There is some kind of a pain point uh, in that organization where either the people that are responsible for organizational development, HR or management uh, leadership struggle to find a sustainable solution with. um, And they usually seek conversation on how, how to address that. I mean, there are obviously many things that people try to do. They educate people through training Um, the more advanced they provide maybe executive coaching for individuals, which, by the way, already has a huge impact because it always starts with the individual. Even when you work with a team, with an organization, it boils down to every person. And it's never it's never a waste to invest into uh, providing this kind of support uh, for the individual. But then when it comes to um, more systemic issues that you want to address, um, a system here is uh, for the ones that don't know what what that means. Uh, meaning when you have an organization, obviously you have many things that um, come into play. It's different individuals. It's small teams, bigger teams, um, kind of people being part of multiple teams and an organization, which means that entire thing is what we call a system. And, um, and that, there's lots uh, of mess. I think you have to also manage uh, uh, the new generation with the old generation, uh, you know, the, the Gen Z with, the, yeah. the, uh, with our generation. And maybe if there is someone uh, older, uh, I always find that... Uh, Uh, very difficult to change a culture even here in Egypt uh, um, because you know yeah. uh, human beings have have a difficulty to accept change in in so many ways. That's what I was coming to. There, yeah. There's lots of nested, what they call nested systems there, which means systems in the systems, but they all impact each other. So, okay. and the generational aspect is also obviously something that comes a lot these days. Um, we have right now uh, XYZ, XYZ in the in the workforce, and um, they are very different. And um, especially the older generation sometimes struggles a lot to understand and relate to the new one. Mm-hmm. Mind you, if you look at the last 10 years, the speed of change and the speed of development has multiplied in so many Many levels. I mean, before what we've seen in 10 years and change and development, uh, today you see 100 times or a thousand times as much change in the last 10 years. So obviously for the, for that generation that comes from that speed to interact with that generation that deals with that speed of change uh, and everything in between, there's so many, so many issues. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, I agree. That's also a, um, an aspect. But to, to round my explanation, so I will go in and talk to the person that kind of seeks a solution to understand what exactly the issues are. And, and it often starts with things like we have silos, people don't work together, people don't have the right sense of ownership. There's no accountability in the teams, communication is not working, conflicts are not handled effectively. So many of these interpersonal issues come out and um, there's kind of a sometimes a paralysis what to do about it. People know they want to do something about it, but understanding what it takes and having the... Um, the willingness to go into the fire, I call it sitting in a fire, because it means when you go and start this work, it means you have to confront confront emotion, which is something that is incorporated often, uh, something scary or even something frowned upon or... Yeah, and it comes back to what you said also about mental health. I mean, we see that emotions are inescapable on an individual level as well as on, on a systemic level. Yeah. Once a person understands that and and goes uh, is willing to do this work, then there's a lot you can do. You can work with um, individuals, with teams, um, and with entire organizations and uh, to help them address these issues that I just touched on um, through coaching, through systemic coaching, where you basically guide the different members of the systems in the process of acknowledging very human, human yeah. behaviors and um, in a way educating them around the impact of their behavior and helping them to make conscious decision how they want want to see this in the future because ultimately every organization wants to see that an employee treats it as their own and brings their full their full heart in uh, and their full commitment uh, which is yes um, which requires people to be to focus and not getting stuck in ego and their own interests. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally, I totally agree with you. Uh, and, and I actually, I, I, I think uh, you know, um, emotional intelligence. We keep on, you know, uh, hammering the word emotional intelligence and and saying that we, you need to reg regulate your emotions. You need to understand your emotions. You need to practice empathy and, and all that. But it's still, I don't know if in Germany it's the same thing, but still here in, in Egypt, uh, 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 emotional or, or emotions as a whole is, you know, frowned upon, even in the house, you know, even with your, your parents. I mean, uh, I felt that, I still feel that, uh, you know, um, the emotions that, oh, you shouldn't feel like that. You should, uh, you know, be grateful, be, I, I don't know, what, whatever, but but the problem is that people don't understand, yes, emotions are good. Even, you know, I always tell the people, even the, the bad ones, um, we have, you know, in, in, my, in the methodologies I, I was taught in, uh, in coaching, we have this interesting uh, meditation. It's called Rasa Sadhana in Hindi. And Rasa Sadhana uh, basically is a meditation where you, um, you know, imagine each and every emotion meets you like a, you know, like an individual, like Ines, I'm meeting Ines, uh, so it was an honor, and, and I thank her. So we meet like uh, anger, and we meet like uh, disgust, and we, you know, we meet them as persons and, and um, accept them as, uh, as, as individuals and how good they are for, for us, even if they're, uh, you know, the, the negative ones. Um, Still, people cannot. I mean, uh, still, uh, I I find difficulty to get. You know, there are people here in Egypt that understand this, but on on the whole, in terms of organizations, top management still, you know, just looks at uh, the uh, the revenue, the growth, and uh, the market share, and this is how uh, everything goes. 
but they don't really see uh, the individual. And this is what I, uh, what's my mission and some of the other coaches here in Egypt, that we want uh, uh, companies, instead, you know, instead of spending a lot of money on medical health and medical cards, uh, well, you can take that money and, in, and invest it in, in more mental health issues, uh, get, get coaches to come and talk to individuals, uh, workshops. Uh, I, you know, I also uh, asked uh, companies if they can dedicate, you know, uh, an hour of free discussion, you know, just sitting together and, and this, uh, employees with managers and top managers and, and, and being vulnerable and talking uh, 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 talking uh, very honestly and authentically about all the pains that they have, because at the end of the day, individuals are the ones who run the, the company, and it's not the it's not the company that runs the individuals. Yeah, that's some very valid points that you mentioned there, um, and what you said is good. And what I'd like to add is. For, for people in an organization to be vulnerable, there needs to be psychological safety. And that brings us always back to having to start with the leadership of the organization because they're the ones who have to build the foundation for this. If there is no trust, uh, there is no vulnerability. If there is no vulnerability, there uh, there's no, there's no, yeah, no trust. I mean, it's a. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, like like yeah. Simon Simon Sinek say, says. I mean, I I I love Simon Sinek. I think is is amazing, and I think what he Me says too. is 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 acceptable and 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 can be done. But uh, I I feel that uh, a lot of people don't really take what he says uh, seriously. Um, maybe here in Egypt, because I even once asked people a long, long time ago, uh, you know, uh, I just had read The Infinite Game. So, I, you know, I, I love the book and lo I love the way uh, Simon describes uh, how organizations, uh, each one plays the different game. And I just ask a, a simple question. What, what kind of game does your organization play? No one seemed to really know how to understand or answer the question, because I think, I don't know. I think 90% of the organizations here in Egypt, they all play the finite game. And uh, it's seen everywhere. Billboards, number one uh, operator, the best in the world, the best. I mean, no statistics that really drive me nuts because uh, I don't know. I mean, the, the company I used to work with, which is uh, called uh, uh, EN, it was called it Salat. It was in, it was in the UAE. It's, uh, it's originally... Uh, a UAE company uh, in Egypt it's, uh, kept on saying the best uh, network, best coverage, best internet. Yeah, I know the statistics; these are numbers, but but that that doesn't mean you're the best. Uh, the best is the person who who continues playing, regardless if he fails or or or, or not. He continues playing and outperforms other people. Mm. Yeah, I mean there are more companies out there that are still following the old ways let's face that and the way i see that i can look at this it's like looking at world peace if you look at what's happening in the world right now it's pretty hopeless and you think we really were screwed there's too much everywhere wherever you look i mean don't even need to name one conflict and if you look at that, you you'll be hopeless, and uh, yeah, it's not helping. So the way I see it, um, look at one at a time. You know, yes. find the ones that get it and put all my all the energy in helping them to to create a ripple. Because uh, once you transform one organization. Um, News will travel, others will follow. It's like that. And uh, yeah, I just um, would say the important thing here is to find uh, the people and to work with the people that, that have 
um, some realization on that level and um, go with that. I mean, right now there is, I think I read a statistic the other day, there's some, something around 200,000 coaches in the world. If you see, that's not, I mean, it's a lot, and but it's not. And there's, there's still um, a lot more to do everywhere. And um, it's the new, I would say, way uh, of consulting. Um, what consulting was in the 80s and 90s, I'm not saying consulting is is no longer uh, valid, but a consultant that doesn't coach, um, to be honest, um, I would question if that is effective these days uh, because it's not sustainable to bring in just new ideas and don't help the organization um, yeah, to bring it down to the people in the way that it is uh, lasting and uh, sustaining. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing, amazing. And and I I know I know you you know you work in uh, or, or part of your your job is uh, conflict resolution. I, I think we need more of you <laughs> these days. Not not on on the level of companies, but on the level of nations. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to uh, go too deep or too into politics because. Uh, I feel uh, whatever is happening around the world. I mean, at, at the end of the day, I'm a human being, so so I, I really, uh, really feel and empathize with people who are suffering uh, uh, all around the world. But uh, I, I don't know. Conflict resolution seems really, you know, uh, not va valuable. I mean, people don't want the, the conflicts to be resolved. I, I I don't think on a national level, on a world level. People like to see wars and see people suffer. I mean, it's mm. amazing. all around the world, uh, the conflicts uh, here in the Middle East, the conflicts in Europe, the conflicts in Africa, they all want to see people suffer. And it's amazing that people just leave people suffer. I mean, so from a human perspective, what do you think we should do as, you know, as coaches around on, around the world, I, I I believe that we are ambassadors in each one's country, and we have, we have to have the uh, uh, we have to have the uh, the ability to lead and to help uh, others uh, in in leading this uh, this uh, this issue of resolving you know human uh, misunderstanding. So, what do you think? What what do you think of uh, about uh, the mission? I mean, to help people because I, I remember you said one human, uh, one human for humanity, right? One human at a mm. time. So yeah, one relationship, one you, one person at a time. Um, yeah, it's like how you eat an elephant, no? <laughs> one bite at a time that's what it is and if you if you look at things um, too at problems too big then how how do you find the energy to start you know you have to um start small and in any aspect doesn't matter if it's corporate or on a human uh, on a on a on a world peace level i mean as i said um systemic coaching is about um this uh, changes of systems and that also in in includes uh, topics like what you just touched on and there are many coaches out there that work with that um and it goes very much into facilitation here because um there are big uh, world work projects that deal with things like world peace and bringing kind of big conflicted parties on a table um, to um, to actually have discussions and uh, set um, yeah work on mindset changes on on leadership level. There's actually I read a very good book about this recently. Uh, maybe something you can uh, look into. It's called Facilitating Breakthrough from Adam Kahane. I don't know if you know it. No, no, no. But I yeah, it's about. 
Yeah, it's it's actually about exactly that. You know, he he talks about facilitating these kind of big um big processes, you know, and this is not just going in doing some coaching sessions or facilitating some conversations of that sort. It's long processes, uh, working with governments, working with policymakers, working with um, with conflicted um, uh, culture, conflicted cultures. So he, for example, was one of the people that worked um, in South Africa when apartheid came down. So and he he helped um, them to get on the table and have conversation and create understanding for each other and. Um, yeah, that's the kind of work where this goes. And I agree with you, there's m many more of us needed that um, that can do things like that. Yeah. I haven't yet on that scale, but it would be my absolute dream to to get to that level. Uh, why I was asking that was, uh, uh, again, not to go into whatever is happening next door in our uh, region, but for 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 me, um, the past few weeks it's been been uh, difficult to uh, you know to be um, positive to help people when you really know like uh, next door there are people literally dying every few seconds and uh, uh, on, on both sides on both fronts. I mean, uh, this this is not something that uh, anyone comes out of it, uh, a winner. I mean. I just heard that uh, you know, war war doesn't come out. I mean, no one wins a war. Uh, everyone loses in actual fact. Whoever has the upper hand, the lower hand, they all lose uh, something. And I talk from from perspective of human lives. I mean, uh, uh, people have still uh, misunderstandings, uh, uh, bad perception. And I, I, I believe that uh, our voices should be doing, I mean, this is the least we can do. Uh, I'm not saying that we're going to go and, you know, fight the fight, but <laughs> the least we can do is uh, help uh, help people uh, look on, on, on a positive uh, path. Because, I mean, I believe everyone needs uh, to live a, a, a better uh, better life uh, these days. So that's my uh, uh, my, my aspect. So um, tell me, uh, when you started with your your, uh, your career, your journey, did you have anyone? Because um, I, I, I have this uh, all the time, and I always ask people this. I have people who are always negative on my side and, and keep on saying, don't take that journey and don't take that step towards them. It's not worth it. And, and did anyone, you know, say that and are still saying that or, or what? Um, I have to say, when I initially started uh, with my journey, my intention was not to become a coach. Um, my initial motivation was self-work and self-development. And I did, I followed that path for quite some time before uh, my mindset shifted. And I said, no, this is now, I mean... I got to a point where I knew so much. I mean, I've done so many trainings. I joined so many things, um, courses, uh, studies, years and years. Um, so I got to a point where I, f I felt strong to be able to help. It's like the desire to serve with this knowledge um, shifted when I reached a certain, I don't know if, if I should say confidence or um, I felt credible in that sense. Um, and um, I had in, in between, I'd done it in a very informal way and as part of my job. I mean, I didn't say that, but after I left hospitality, I shifted into organizational development and HR, which means I was an company with 1200 employees there were everyday people coming to me with their issues so my learning that started at the same time as the uh, job started I would say okay. uh, so I had ample of opportunity to apply 
and uh, the desire to make it my my mission um for for the next phase hopefully till the end of my life um grow organically it wasn't that i did a course and decided to with the intention to make it my full-time role so and to be honest everybody on the way always encouraged me everybody i um, i was adding value to encouraged me to why are you not doing giving this opportunity to to have this level of conversation until now to be honest i have come across very little discouraging voices um i think um, the most critical maybe are my own family in a way um because yeah. family plays an important role in discouraging uh, i don't know why it is i feel like it's not it's just lack of uh, how can i say understanding because there's that safety thinking of uh, of saying when you're employed you go to work from 9 to 5 and then you have your and then you live and everything is good so many risks and anyway coaching is only something for rich people it's nothing for for the normal people because it's a luxury and not a necessity so that's yeah. the kind of voices that i that i hear sometimes that's is that even in in germany it happens i mean i thought that was just egyptian parents saying the same thing because i i i heard <laughs> no it. no it's Same not way. i'm i heard that for okay. sure yeah yeah i mean and uh, yeah yeah i have the negative negative people uh, especially i mean like you said they're not negative they they want you know the stable and uh, the 9 to 5 um concept but what they haven't realized is the concept the concept that they believed in uh, doesn't really exist in egypt anymore or in germany i mean now you're in working in a company or in a bank you have three months probation if you don't perform in three months you're out of a job it's very simple and it's uh, it's by law i mean uh, uh they're not doing something against the law it's 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 a contract you sign and if by the end of the year you didn't get your kpis or performance uh, indicators or whatever again they you can uh, they can easily let you go and say goodbye so i mean the 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 myth of a safety job with a 95 and medical it doesn't it doesn't exist anymore i i i don't i don't see it exist uh, i don't know it does it exist in 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 germany but i for me i don't see it exist here in egypt well i wouldn't say it doesn't exist um it it is and i think for people that have um that are professionals and their job in particular and they have um a value that they're adding and they're good and they're okay in what they do there will always be opportunities you know so but um i think i mean in, in the german culture is very much people don't change that much they stick to a career they stick to their companies maybe the one two three companies in their lifetimes if at all i mean my father started his career in in one company and he retired in the same company and that's um not uncommon you know but so for them in like a in your 40s to stop that to start fresh and to do something completely different um is crazy you know it's it's not this it uh, crazy but but i always yeah. tell them i i always tell them you know that uh, i didn't put myself in this situation it, it's it's not me it's you know i mean, i i used to work in a salat and then i left them out of my own willingness and i went work for a small uh company and uh, the guy uh, lived in uh, new york city and uh, covid came in and after two months he he, he phoned me told me i have to uh, lay you off 
So, so I, I was placed into that situation, uh, not by my own uh, doing, but by whatever happened. I don't blame. Uh, I don't blame circumstances because at that time when I had it, yeah, it's difficult, of course, you know, to get laid off, of course, when, and you have uh, kids and financial obligations. That's totally true. But um, I, I accepted it and uh, I, I told myself, for me, what can I do differently to change my skills to be able to find another job? That was my intention. Okay. Yeah. And of course, it was never my intention to continue becoming um, uh, a freelancer, a coach, uh, uh, someone with a podcast never was my intention. But, but, uh, but you know, life changes uh, on the way. And, uh, and uh, I, I take this, these obstacles and these challenges and I do them. Till now, of course, my parents don't really understand why I do the podcast. My wife doesn't really understand it. Um, you know, very, it's very difficult to explain um but th it's a, it's something i love to do it's something i love to meet i meet n lovely and interesting people like yourself so and i learn a lot of things that you know not any book can teach me i i learn from people you know with experience and so on so this is this is how i i, I take these uh, these issues i mean anyone who's uh, you know not negative but doesn't understand i i try and explain it and if he, uh, he or she doesn't really understand still, I just continue on to my journey. I have a view on that. Um, very short. <laughs> and it's a bit bigger than that. But to, if I would bottom line it is, it was at this point when I decided to my life to not be transactional, but connected. When I when that gave me that courage to make that step and leave the perception of safety and security somewhat behind me. And my sense of connections creates that trust in the possibility uh, that this is something that can sustainably grow and um, to sustain me and my um, my needs, I would say, because, and also that aspect of if we want to give in life, we have to be okay. It's like that thing when you're sitting in the airplane and the, and the oxygen mask falls, they always tell you put yourself first before you put to others. It's like that. The more, the more okay you are, the more you can help others. So if you believe in this in this mindset, uh, I think you can find it uh, in yourself to just go ahead. Um, but it all comes back for me to for the decision to not want my life to be transactional but connected. So so uh, saying that, uh, I, I want to ask you: uh, uh, Do you get any anyone who wants to follow in your? steps any of your uh, employees or people that you work with or uh, uh, anyone who's you know uh, really uh, inspired by you so that she or he wants to follow you did you get any any of those people who want to follow you and what what advice would you give to give them I mean it's that okay if you come to that point where you are committed to yourself that, that you take full responsibility for yourself for your life um then obviously the desire to grow in a different direction above skill above um kind of the concept of emo information but really to embody certain things i have come across over and over again people either in my in my roles that I had in a corporate world uh, as a leader um, and also now as my clients that are that are not just solving issues they are on the path of self-actualization and purpose and their awareness shifts and when I sense that I do offer that 
um, ways to go. I share openly what my journey was, what I liked, what I disliked. And uh, I invite them to try. I mean, I mean, the first step is often resources, be it books or be it um, anything that can be consumed in different uh, ways. And then, of course, um, to go down that path of uh, mindfulness and um, having a more intentional and connected um way of going about everything in your life so there are so many ways you uh, you can go and um, I never claim that I know the ultimate I have a big bouquet a big menu that that I can lay out and I happily do that for anyone that is interested and that way yes I have I have seen a number of people that pursued one or the other direction in, in that way Hey, that's that's amazing, amazing. Usually, I always like to ask my guests uh, this interesting question: uh, What's one word or one phrase that describes you? Hmm. What? Well, something that came to mind. I mean, I wouldn't say that's that's the ultimate, but right now, be the change you want to see in the world. Hey, that's that's amazing. That's amazing. That's amazing. And uh, so tell me uh, one final question. What's your dream? My dream? Yeah. My dream? Really, my, my dream is peace. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I, I, love, I love your dream. I really think yeah. that uh, it should be not just your dream, should be the dream of humanity. I, I believe that we are all same in terms of human beings and we all should, I mean, uh, believe each, each other. Uh, I always say this, I mean, I changed, you know, I changed my LinkedIn uh, headline um, very recently. And I just added, I am human being. I am a human being because this is what I am. And, you know, I always say that I don't judge you. I cannot judge you because I am not in my religion. I am not God. I am a human being. I have my own faults. I'm not an angel that comes and I wouldn't claim so. And I cannot judge you. And I believe in your beliefs. I believe in what you you say and, and believe. And this is the first step towards peace. I, I believe to, to understand each other and to accept each other as we are, as human beings, as uh, God's, you know, God's children all over the world. Yeah, I, I think so too. And for me, it's like peace has so many. I mean, it starts with that inner peace. And um, that in itself, many people work on this their entire life. And if that's what the only thing you can achieve, you have achieved a lot. Yes, yes, yes. And then, of course, um, you can take it to peace and relationships, peace in the world. You can take it as small or as big as you want and can, and you can contribute to peace in so many ways and in every day of your life. And it's a choice and it's a, it's a commitment that you carry around with yourself. So, and of course, I am not a master. I wouldn't say that I live peacefully every day. I have my troubles, I have my triggers, I have my journey. And um, I will say this to everyone that I come across. If you look for perfection, then uh, it's getting really difficult. But it's what you're, what you ultimately strive for uh, that, will, that will guide your journey. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you for, for uh, I mean, being such a wonderful human being with us today. I really, I really am. I was very inspired by your words. Very encouraged. Uh, you are uh, such a, a positive energy, uh, Anissa. I mean, uh, and I, I really am happy that I'm. I met you recently. I hope uh, it, uh, our connection becomes more fruitful, and uh, we can in the future do more collaboration. You have a, a welcome invitation to Egypt. 
uh, whenever you want to come, just come and, and visit uh, Cairo and the, the pyramids and Pen uh, al Khalili and all those lovely areas. And of course, Aswan and, and uh, yeah. I can say to that, um, sorry to interrupt. I am in Egypt on a regular basis. I'm very close to Egypt. My husband is Egyptian. My family is in Egypt. So I'm, I have a very strong bond to Egypt. Okay. So, so, so Egypt is your, is, is your country. So whenever you come, just, uh, uh just let, 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 let us, I mean, connect and, uh, it would be amazing. Thank you for your time, uh, Anis. Thank you for having me more. It was a pleasure and I equally enjoyed our conversation. And thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you everyone for today's episode. Uh, I hope it was as interesting as, uh, as, as you heard. And, uh, and I really learned a lot of things. Um, God bless you and uh, be safe. And until next week, uh, be mindful. Thank you.